Hi, this is Patrick Ray, director of I Am Lisa, Nailbiter, and Arbor Demon, and you are listening to Nightmare Junkhead. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast or a podcast that has tried to never depend on the kindness of strangers my name is greg d and heavens i'm genius mcgee <laughs> and on today's episode we continue to wax the cars of some of our favorite kansas city artists and we're welcoming royalty back to the show mm-hmm. as we talk julia ducarneau's titan uh-huh. <laughs> and whether or not you've shoved a banana in a tailpipe, you can listen into our show. <laughs> S- simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your turbo teen hole. And if you're cruising out on social media, uh, you can find us out on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which again leads to shenanigans and civil servant shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, April 15th, if you live in the Kansas City area and you want to have your civil service shenanigans taken care of indoors or virtually, just go to screenland.com. And on the Friday of this, uh, the Friday Night Fright of this Friday on the 15th has. Launched a thousand phobias and maybe a few fetishes. Uh, we've actually provided a commentary track for it. Uh, I've seen it several times at this point, but <laughs> the Kyoto Brothers bring you killer clowns from outer space. Oh, I can't wait! Such a fun movie, such a fun and goofy movie, and like it's a blast. You can't help but have fun with killer clowns from outer space, unless you suffer from was it colorophobia? Colorophobia? Yeah. Or Colavrolophedia. Well, then, the following Friday Night Fright is one that can best be celebrated as a double feature because there's going to be a new release of a Nick Cage film called The Unbearable Great, The Unbearable Weightness of, of Massive Talents. Yes. Yes. That movie. The you one, all- the Nick Cage movie. The new Nick Cage movie. <laughs> And we're going to be pairing that with a film that's going to be actually a first time viewing for me. Oh, yeah? Which I'm excited for. (laughs) And I could, I've seen my way through it because you just have to mention, wow, the bees. (laughs) I remember seeing that movie in the theater for the first time, right? And I was like, is this supposed to be a comedy? Because I'm cracking up through the whole entire movie. Now, is it just you or is it everyone else? No, it's everyone else. Okay, that's fair then. And so, like, no, this movie is... I don't know. It's one of those ones where the Wicker Man, the Nick Cage Wicker Man. From 2006. Just, I, I like it for, I don't think it's intended purposes. That's fair. And Neil LeBute is a fairly divisive filmmaker in and of himself. So if you want a little local flair, because he was from Lawrence, Kansas, I believe, if I remember right. Anyway, regardless, regardless, that is then that Friday Night's Fright. Now we're going to release the bees. Not the bees. <laughs> But the other repertory screenings that are happening the weekend of the 15th, one that we have nothing to do with, we are not hosting, so feel free to sing along and participate, uh, but the Rocky Horror Picture Show mm-hmm. will be going along. Uh, a film that is responsible for a lot of childhood trauma, myself included, and it's been a while since I've watched it because of that, uh, but Brave the Theater for The NeverEnding Story... I'm the rock biter, a tree you. The, the swamp of sadness, mm-hmm. motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Say my name, Bastion. That's the one thing I didn't get about that because I never understood the end of the never ending story where she's like, say my name, Bastion. And he runs to the window and he's like, say the kind of thing. And you're like, what did he say? You know, and then everything is all like back to normal and magical. Apparently he said the name. I'm like, what fucking is that? Like, choose your own name? Because, like, I've seen the movie when I was growing up. I even had the... I rewound it a few times to see if I could see what the fuck he was supposed to say. But all I see is running the window. Say my name. Say the kind of Right? What the fuck? But apparently it's Moonchild. No. 
Yeah. Okay, well, we live in a great day and age, Genius, where we can just go and probably get a DVD and put the old closed captioning on. We can probably figure out the mystery of this riddle. But apparently the name is Moonshot. I mean, they, uh, so I was like, apparently the... And translates to... Moonchild. That is fair. That is fair. Well, that's maybe a movie you can roast and have fun with, but a film they will be roasting and having fun with is our friend uh, Patrick Moore closing out the roasting series with... Jack and Jill. I've seen that. All I know is the Adam Sandler, the Dunkachinos with um, Al Pacino, Pacino, and that's it. So go and have some fun with that. And then <laughs> another film that's in I've seen that, but there, um, we've got uh, David Lynch's Inland Empire, which is another I've seen that. I couldn't probably even be S my way through it. No, neither could I. But I understand it's a long David Lynch film. And then closing out everything is one I saw back in the day. Uh, and it's all about L-I-V-I-N. Uh, Richard Linklater's Dazed and Confused. All right, all right, all right. Now, if you're not in the Kansas City area and you would like to support Screenland from afar, well, there are a couple of ways you can do that. Uh, you can go to ScreenlandOnline.com where you can rent a number of films from them directly or... You can become a member of their film family by going to patreon.com slash screenland, where amongst their many perks, they do have a number of watch parties of which we participate in. Mm -hmm. In fact, our latest Shutter shout-out is going to be happening on April 30th. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be happening on the weekend of Panic Fest. Ooh. So if you can't be in the Kansas City area and you want to have some fun, the two films we are going to be streaming on Shutter, we're going to be rocking out yep in this case and this all everyone that was going to look at this double feature they would assume i put it together quite the opposite well i gotta make sure we gotta verify that it's gonna be that they're both on there but oh i thought they both were i gotta double check on that one but i know that it's we're celebrating we're gonna go rock and roll one of the movies is gonna be rocktober blood so the other title will be to be announced then but we're celebrating like heavy metal. metal all things metal it's all things metal. We're continuing the education of Genius McGee. Uh, and now, of course, both of those films are streaming on Shudder, but by joining the film family, you all have access to the customized pre-show, uh, introduction by Genius and myself, trailer reel, and of course, post-film discussion where we break everything down. Uh, again, head over to patreon.com slash screenland for that, but Genius... If I'm talking Patreon and film family, he bellies. We, of course, have our own little weird film family going on at Patreon. And as the time this episode releases, mm-hmm. you believe, believe you me, you want to be on our either another time. Another place. No, another tier, time. Another place. No, you're right. Another time or another place tier because you're going to have access to this month's commentary track. And believe you me, we had a lot to talk about. Possibly the best one. I guarantee he will be. No, believe me, Biscuit will have a presence oh, yeah. in the commentary track. But also, eventually, our next guest. Uh, and of course, uh, we do have a number of tiers that if you're not into another time. Another place. Uh, you can go to a Squidly Diddly or, and I've seen that, but you need to go to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead. And believe you me, we have a lot of good stuff coming mm-hmm. up. Now, that being said, we talk about film family, this and that. I think one of the perks of the podcast, Genius, that you would have to agree is it's given us a chance to kind of go outside our normal boundaries. Comfort zone, social circles, and introduce be introduced to new things. Yeah, especially myself, because I am the self-professed socially awkward introvert, and that's not a gimmick. That is something I unfortunately live with. But occasionally, we get to go on... A journey with someone we get to see them not not from the start per se but early on in their career where we get to that we we go we knew them when and our next guest uh to say we've enjoyed their journey is an understatement and you just have to oh, go yeah. back to episode 32 was her very first appearance here on the show and at this point we were counting We've, um, at this point, collaborated at least 13 times where she has been kind enough to grace her presence on the show. And the grace itself has evolved to the point of a royal persona. Mm -hmm. And a number of precedents have also been set when it comes to talking about our next guest. And you know what? She's been around Kitty, Lola, 
and Owen before. Mm-hmm. She's seen all of the the various denizens that gather for her her royal. It's like uh, it's like at the beginning. It's like at the beginning of Lion King. Ah, it's a bunny, and then all the animals are coming, like, uh, no, and then just. <laughs> and they wouldn't do it for anyone, but for royalty, nonetheless, it is an honor to have royalty in the house tonight. So uh, let us go ahead and kick in the jams there, the royalty. I'm so excited to be back. <laughs> GGP. I thought we were going to lay on the music a little bit more. I thought we were going to create a little raucous up in here. Okay. Oh, oh. Let's dance. We got our rap snacks. Oh, can't play too much of this song. Yeah, we don't want to you know, take care of those royalties there. No, welcome back. The goth gangster princess, Jill Gavargazion, who I'll say this. The journey you've taken is a journey I've taken just in terms of pronun- one thing of pronunciation. <laughs> from back in the day, from the very first episode, I was trying to figure out how to pronounce your name correctly because I had heard various pronunciations and I thought I was kind of living in a Berenstain, Berenstein universe where am I in between dimensions where in one dimension? In the multiverse and shit. Oh, wait, which, which one are you Berenstein in? Berenstein Bears. Okay. Right. Exactly. It's the Berenstein Bears. No. Who the fuck says Berenstein? No Berenstein? Stain? Never says Berenstein. That sounds like something you like. You know, if you have. <laughs> do you have a Berenstein? Yeah. Do bears make messes in your home? Try Berenstein. You know what I'm saying? It's those toilet paper bears. That's <laughs> right, what exactly. happens when you don't utilize the right toilet paper. Does a bear shit in the woods? Not all the time. So use Berenstein. Gavargazion or Gavargazian. Or. I don't even know That's the way just people it. say it. The problem was, back in episode 32, I would go to the YouTubes to see if I could find any interviews, of which there were a few out there, because you were still in the midst of putting out, it was like a call girl at that point, but there were still a lot of people, still pronunciation. Now, we are in episode 300 and almost 40 episodes in now. Oh my goodness. Holy no. Beep. No, feel free to cuss. (laughs) Holy shit. But now the fact that I go there and the journey you've taken now, people know your name. They still they should know how to pronounce your name correctly because your presence now has increased so much based on the journey you've taken. And again, for us to be able to just watch from afar and happier. Oh, my God. Seriously. It is so rad that you have. And what's great is (laughs) rose to the top. Pop, pop. I like it. Well, and she before the before we started recording, she gifted us this incredible German. How would you describe it? Like this Blu-ray book Bible? They call it a media book, and it's freaking awesome. It's the stylus German edition. They put out four different covers, and each one only has three hundred and thirty-three. Um, they're freaking awesome. Yeah, they both they're, have a they have Blu-ray and DVD in them, and a huge booklet in the middle, which. I have yet to know what most of it says, but it's incredible and it's really well printed and it's gorgeous. We yeah. assume it's complimentary. That goes without yeah. saying. Maybe it says. <laughs> well, we were looking it's for just like, talking the shit. film is don't don't buy this. Oh, it's too late. You're reading the booklet now. You're <laughs> no. fucked up now. Everything's what the German translation is. Now. As long as you don't no. see like a lot of like Scheiser in there, we should be good. But we were going through. We were pointing out that like, well, there's Frankenstein created bikers. There's Call Girl. There's you know Maniac. There were you all these. Mentioned all my influences that I've outed over the years. I watched uh, Sisters for the first time not too long ago. And nice. the Stray Cat Theater actually played it. Yes. And it was... I'm sad I missed it. It was really good. It was really good. But um, the fact that when we get to then hear people compliment your film and your work and people we have no affiliation with, and it's just, it's again, it's been cool to see the journey and just to see so much success come your way and just knowing how hard you work. And it's not an accident. It's not a mistake. It comes from all that preparation and all the hard work. It's just, so again, it's just been nice to see from yeah, afar. You put in that time and that work and it shows, you know? 
And again, from the first Thanks, time, guys. The first what time, what am I gonna do? Cry over here. Well, no. <laughs> but it's it's cool that people like also excited to see like, hey, uh, you're getting all these cool acclimates and like you're traveling around the world, talking to cool people, and then they're excited for your next stuff. You know, that's really cool too. So it is very exciting and nerve wracking. <laughs> well, I remember from the first time you came over to my house. To go down into the basement, you literally recorded, just jokingly, of course, but it was like, mm, I'm not really sure what's going to happen here, to now. Rap snack reviews. Now we're in an attic. We're in an attic. rap snacks everywhere. <laughs> so we've lived. other things. There's been a physical journey as well, just in terms of everything that we've kind of accrued here. I just, again, thank you for letting us be part of it. It just, it does mean a lot. Thank you for helping me along the way. Oh. We're Hell, we're just we're fans. fans, yeah. That's that's the biggest thing there. Um, so speaking of new stuff, can you talk about what's coming up? What you got in the? Um, well, I just worked on my friend John Pata's film, Black Mold. Um, John edited the stylist and was a writer director long before I ever made a film. Um, we've worked together forever. We realized actually this June will be ten years since we met. Oh, nice. And so it's exciting to be able to help and be part of John's, you know, directing again because it's been a long time and he's really wanted to get back in that chair. And it's a film he's had, a script he's had forever. So, and I know that it's kind of part of the stylist doing well, help to get that film made. So that's exciting on a prideful level. Um, but it was awesome to see and it was like a huge production, even bigger than the stylist. And, really cool to watch i did hair and run social media for it if you can tell that's my thing and helping produce in kind of smaller ways on this one well and one thing i definitely learned uh, especially kind of watching the stylist come together is all the collaboration that goes on and extending just like again the film family you know you find yeah. that you start working with a lot of the same people because you're spending so many hours together and probably not the best comfortable situations just because that was like a lot of overnight shooting wasn't it it um we didn't do we only had a few overnights but we were in mostly like abandoned buildings or Mm. homes so we weren't in so we didn't have like electricity (laughs) or running water in most places we were shooting and but yeah one of the most exciting things about it for me was it was kind of like reuniting with the stylist film family Robert and Sarah, Robert Stern, who shot the stylist, and Sarah Sharp, production design. They're also like the main two producers. With me on the stylist, they're producing Black Mold, and they're incredible. They just know, Sarah especially, she's really the boss, the lady of all this stuff. She makes everything happen, and it's crazy. Like, we were shooting in an old Air Force base in a small town in Illinois, mostly, using like all different buildings of theirs that are just totally abandoned. And it's incredible but yeah it was really challenging and that's what brings people together and we also experienced like moments where we're all super cranky it's funny you look (laughs) back and you're like it was so great but then there's moments where you're like this is not great in the moment (laughs) but you love it so much that you're like i'll be back here tomorrow doing the same exact thing for 13 you know 12 hours um it was fun it was what was really crazy is i've you know i've done hair in a salon forever like 15 years now made a movie about a hairstylist, but I've never done hair on a film until now. So that was a unique experience to be in that position on set. And it was a pretty easy as far as hair goes, but I was still like, okay, this is an interesting perspective to be over here. And that's just it. It's gaining that perspective Mm -hmm. because I think that's what makes everything work so well is knowing how everything works and knowing how each piece fits and connects to the other one and how it all, if not one part is there, it can throw everything off. And um, it's such a cool film. We also got to use or work with uh, Jeremy Holm, who plays the Ranger, which I wore the Ranger shirt in the stylist. There's like all these deep connections that are crazy. Um, It was so cool to work with him. He's so fucking talented and hilarious. Um, It's a wild film. It's really more of a psychological thriller that kind of leaves you in a place of like, what did I just see and what was real in fact? That's, nice. I mean, well, going back to gags, uh, that also kind of has that same kind of feel. Because wasn't that the one that, did Pata direct that one? He 
He he didn't direct it. He, he co-wrote ed- and co-wrote. edited. Okay, that's right. That's it was right. Adam Kraus. Okay, that's right. That's right. And he actually came to set for a few days and helped out, shot some behind the scenes, and so there was all kinds of. In fact, that day, Robert Stern, our D- DP producer, he's like, how many directors are on set today? And I'm like, <laughs> we're all cool. I've never tried to direct while I'm out here. <laughs> well, and that's you, that's just that, though. You're, you're gaining perspective. I just I but I love that, though. And again, very much you got it's I'm sure that, you know, the budget wise, probably a little bit more on the low budget side, I would assume. Yeah. So it's just you do what you have to do to make to make the film. I just I love that. Again, I'm way past my prime to do anything like that. So again, I love to be able to appreciate from afar knowing again all the hard work that goes on and into it again. You're not past your prime to do to do that. Oh no, believe me, I am because I'll save that story for, for the commentary. <laughs> yeah. But uh <laughs> believe me. Um but no, just have loved to see just the continued success of the stylist and again, kind of the byproduct of that success going into other films and the, the creation of all that. Speaking of the success of the stylist, one is one of the most like holy shit, am I really doing this right now? Moments you've had recently. Because like we said earlier, you've been being interviewed. You've been guests on all sorts of stuff. You've been in film festivals and people like throwing accolades. You're well-deservingly so, I might add. <laughs> but like at the same time, it's got to be surreal and crazy. So what is one of the most like as of recently, like holy shit, am I really doing this right now? Moments you've got. Oh, man. I don't know. Um I think what comes to mind was a few months ago, but at the end of the year, you know, everyone puts out their best horror movies of the year list. And we were on this list that I didn't even know was a website, but the Academy, like the, as in the Oscars has a website that's kind of like a blog. I don't even know what the hell you call it, but this website of like lists and kind of articles, I don't know what they are, but um, they put out a list of like the best horror films of the year and there was only 13 on there and we were on there. I'm like, what is this? And it says at the top, like who it's published by and it was like the Academy. Um, so I'm like, is can we pretend like this is a pseudo Oscar nomination? <laughs> Not really, but still someone at the Academy watched our movie. That's all I mix. So I'm like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's Academy adjacent. That totally works. Good Lord. That's but also really like the Blu-ray or the, you know, the media book I gave you guys a yeah. copy of to see it in person and to think like our film is being released in other countries. We're like a foreign film. And then they would put out like a special edition like that. You normally don't even get a physical copy at all anymore. It's just digital. Mm-hmm. So that's fucking completely surreal to me. Even when I see it in person, I'm like, did other people <laughs> buy this? They're, I think, like, all sold out. Even They only made, like, a 1,000, but still. Wow. Like, who in Germany even knows who we are? That's awesome. <laughs> even if only a 1,000 people do, that's fucking cool. That is fucking rad. Now that you can say you're huge in Germany. Wait, I also have to brag nope. about our... Uh, we're out in South Korea. And we, our poster... I have to tell the story because it's funny and we'll see if anyone's mad at me. Um, We have two foreign posters and at first I'm not really a huge fan of either one of them, but they're okay. One of them's used on some of our American stuff. The like one of her face with the scissors. It's just very like slasher looking. And for me, it's more of a like psychological thriller drama. Um, So I just worry about misleading the audience, which is the whole point of these fucking posters. Anyway, um, we have one where she look Claire looks super sexy. It's a red poster. If you've seen it, she's wearing this like tight red dress (laughs) looking like she seduces people or something and has holding scissors behind her back. Really not a fan of it. We call it the Jessica rabbit poster and behind closed doors. Now everyone knows. And I was really never going to like, like have a copy of it or anything until I saw the South Korea used it and like their language printed on it's like a totally different title it looks so cool I'm like now I'm gonna frame this humongous is a Korean poster (laughs) of our movie um and it's like the translation is something like why women kill a perfect murder it's something like very long and cool and like not even close to our title and makes not a lot of sense but I'll take it (laughs) At least it wasn't. No, like, this like, is not the reason why every woman kills, but <laughs> we're going with it. At least it didn't say something like "super robot <laughs> hairstylist killer" or something. You know, <laughs> very Make, misleading. 
I'd maybe it does. They're adding. Yeah, that's again. <laughs> you never know cut. what they have to do to the yeah that particular <laughs> cut. Oh my god. Well, it's uh, I just remember you throwing showing up on the Movie Crypt podcast, which my normal Monday rotation. I'm like, oh, it's just Joe, Adam, Arwen, and Jill. That's 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 all right. So when you show up like that, even for me, I'm just like. Just again, just reminder of the continued you know, ascent here. But you're <laughs> here for a reason, and we wanted to for throw a out reason. A reasons, as it turns out, because we're definitely going to have some thoughts. Because I know Genius watched this for the first time, like a couple of days ago. Yeah, <laughs> so it's still fresh on his mind. But we threw out, you know, what kind of movie or what movie did you want to talk about? And you were pretty quick on the draw on this one. <laughs> so, Jill, what movie are we here talking about today? Titan. It took me a moment to re- remember how I was going to pronounce it. <laughs> oh, not Titan? Or Titan is what titan. most people are saying, which I think is fair for an American accent, but it's Titan with a French accent, but better than that, actually, with a French accent. <laughs> Titan. What, um, I, I hope there was ever, like, stumble upon with this and Titan A.E. So, like, for people who are like, oh, I want to see this movie. I remember this movie for the cartoons and the kids, and then they put on Titan. <laughs> I don't know if anyone out there is going to remember the Titan AE cartoon <laughs> movie, Genius McGee. Wait, like, back to what's important here. Titan. Titan. <laughs> Julia Ducournau's new film, who directed Raw, mm-hmm. which was absolutely awesome. And these are very different films. There's a cat's ass in my face. <laughs> Come on, biscuit. This this is what happens you when you when you like record in the attic versus the basement now. <laughs> there are certain perks on both sides. <laughs> well, let's talk about Raw real quick because we devoted up an episode just this year to um to that. And I remember we a group of us saw that at the draft house. Uh like Liz, Blair, and all those cats. And I remember squirming a lot through that screening. And I think at that point I was just like, anything she's going to put out, I'm going to be watching. And then I heard the early buzz of this um, just through the festival circuit. And it turns out, you know, Genius just watched it the first time. I caught it um, at Screenland. You also caught this one theatrically, did you not? Yes. I actually saw both Raw and Teton at Fantastic Fest for their premieres. What was that like? Um, Raw... <laughs> Raw was it, I barely remember, but it was like it was awesome. She was Julia was not there, so with Teton, I didn't even know that she was there. But then they announced it, and I like screamed like a twelve-year-old, or more like a girl at a Beatles concert when they show the footage of people like passing out. I was like, "What?" <laughs> and like screamed when she came out. <laughs> it was fucking awesome, and so I feel like my also my interpretation of the film is incredibly affected by that because I saw a Q&A with her and like understand what she was trying to say with a lot of it and I was like holy shit and then I went to like I've since listened to like every podcast she's done about the film so I know too much <laughs> no not enough she's like so incredibly inspiring to listen to like one of the smartest filmmakers I've heard speak like at a film festival and I've been to a million so and she's incredibly intimidating like she's like not someone you can push over or she'll correct you if Mm -hmm. she doesn't like the way you've described part of her film or asked something it's pretty incredible (laughs) world probably needs more of that actually out there Mm -hmm. so um that being said then how many times then do you think you've seen the film titan um just i don't know four or five times now maybe six because i saw that the the screen, the premiere, and then I've bought it on Amazon. I'm waiting because I feel like they've put out maybe a DVD or Blu-ray, but mm-hmm. it's not like a. I want like a packed, awesome edition. Um, but yeah, I've just put it on. You know, it's a great movie to fall asleep to. <laughs> just no, it's really not. <laughs> then, you, then you wake up and you're like, "What part is this?" Oh fuck! Uh, it's such a journey. Holy fuck! Because I, what I love about the film and love the way it was. Well, I love everything about the film, but love the way they marketed it was just like kind of showing you really just clips from the beginning. So you have no fucking idea what this movie is about. And if you just try to describe it to somebody in like simple terms, no one would believe that this would work. And I always imagine like, how did she pitch this idea to people? Because there's no way it sounds like it's going to work. 
because it's so absurd but it's, then you just believe in it completely and it does work <laughs> it's almost like three different movies when you're trying to describe it i mean you have a woman with an intimate relationship with the car then you have a, a murderer on the run and then you have like a kidnapping subplot you know with <laughs> and, or, and, and uh, oh, the missing child subplot you're like whoa what's going on exactly how would you pitch this movie like hey i want to make a movie it's not like in the possession pitch when he was like, I want to make a movie about a woman having love with an octopus. You know, it's like it's this is more than that. I mean, and it turns out I was not I don't know if I was not ready for this movie, but this movie blew my mind. Half the time when I was watching it, I was like, my jaw was like, what the fuck am I watching? And I could not look away. And it was just captivating from the get, you know. And so I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. But at the same time, I'm like. Not still trying to process it because there was a the movie had a lot of shit to say and I'm not sure that I I don't want her to come down and correct me on say that is not what I meant you know but at the same time I'm not sure if I got all of it I can so, help do that right <laughs> since I've listened to all of her answers now yeah you, you don't understand Jill's just ready there she's like yes go ahead there genius right, she pulls out the red marker like uh -huh, I'm just waiting for like and I'm just saying like nope and then nope and then no well no well wait one thing i do want to say about what something she said that i loved not about this film specifically but about like art and she like just put it to words in a way i could i've never heard and you know like what we hope films do or like do past just watching it like mm -hmm. more than just like i've always said like i hope it create makes you think or creates conversations but she described it as like art should create forward movement and i just love that phrase and she's like that could mean anything about like whether people debate it later mm -hmm. or you keep thinking about it or like it inspires you to do something no matter how small it is like it's just about moving forward always and i was like that's beautiful yeah as long as it's not passive it's yeah it's, yeah that's well and it's right now i mean how many people did you then immediately say you need to see this film every single every person <laughs> <laughs> and then how many then people then watched the movie and then either came back going, hey, great, great pick, Jill, or We're like, what the fuck, Jill? <laughs> I haven't heard anybody say that to me. There we go. Well, you, you know <laughs> I, your crowd. You know, I, t yeah, I'm not telling. <laughs> the I cut hair to people who I know who do not watch stuff like this ever. <laughs> like, oh, go start with this crazy car movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is it the Fast and the Furious? No, not quite. Not quite. No, no. <laughs> it's a lot like Fast and the Furious. If you like that, right. try it out. <laughs> well, and I no. remember, <laughs> I remember the hype from it's the about film. Family. It's <laughs> it, kind of, it is it kind of it, it is, is family. It's about it, family. <laughs> well, there was all the hype coming out of the Cannes film <laughs> because it won all the the awards. The Palme d'Or, I believe mm -hmm. that's what it's called. I do not know how to pronounce it, but that's like the yeah. ultimate film award. It's, I think, more prestigious than winning like the Oscar for best film. So that's in absolutely incredible. Maybe she's only the second woman to ever win it. Yeah, exactly. And to think about then. And for this film, the <laughs> yes, story, yes. this is insane. Because can or con, how am I supposed to pronounce it? Can. People con. are so known for like walking out of films that are like low brow mm -hmm. which i wouldn't this is like a high brow film with low a high art film with some low brow things maybe happening according to some people fancy uh, grindhouse not me but yeah. uh yeah that's incredible this crazy of a film and she really said she really wanted to try to play festivals like that no offense to genre festivals but she knows like that's her those people already understand. Mm -hmm. She already knows that they understand that. She wants to see if it can reach further. And that's, you know, really ambitious. Especially, and especially a movie like this that you said, Genius, and for me it was distinctly two different films. You know, you've got that serial killer aspect and then the whole family thing with the firefighters. And it's such a totally different feel because it's so savage and brutal in the first part of the film it starts out loud and bombastic and then and very just in your face and then it just slides into this really sad 
just tale about people dealing with grief and all of them loneliness. Oh my God. And, and it's, I don't think it would work without the two leads. And I know I, I'm going to, I would butcher her name here, but I know she was, this was like one of her first acting roles. She was initially uh, a model, which I'm not shocked that a model can be, um, Agathe Roussel playing she, Alexia. She's never acted, um, like Julia worked with her for like a year to kind of build that. She wanted to work with someone. I'm like super, there's a lot of directors that do that, you know, like Sean Baker does that a lot with like Florida project or um, Uh, red rocket tangerine. A lot of, I know Soderbergh does that with his smaller films, like a lot of people or American honey, that woman, there's a lot of directors that work with, you know, real people, they mm-hmm. say, which is so funny, or non-professional <laughs> actors who yeah. essentially turn into huge actors from this first film, stuff like this. Uh, it's interesting you say, like, it develop, divulges in this sad thing. I feel like it, it's sad, but it's also, like, I feel like it's go, it's like this narrative arc for the main character who starts as this, like, monstrous thing and through this very weird <laughs> situation finds like love and true connection Mm -hmm. and that's it's strangely like a super beautiful film about love like unconditional love yeah basically finding family is not necessarily blood it's who you make of and so but it's a odd way to tell that story you know what i'm saying i mean like and again on paper none of it should work and and because Basically, she fucks a car, winds up pregnant, goes on the lamb, gets into a firefighter. They have a whole bunch of crazy parties, and they. <laughs> okay, and, this is not a fair description. <laughs> <laughs> He's not lying. But though. I'm not. Those things happen, but you're missing a few. Things. Right, right. So it shouldn't exactly. It shouldn't. It shouldn't <laughs> work. Parties. The dancing is incredible. Yeah. I'm so inspired by the dancing that's in the movie. Yeah. Um. How much you have can say without saying anything, just emotionally with these dance scenes, even when like they dance together, when like you know she's like essentially like transitioning gender through the mm-hmm. film, and to play his long lost son, and is, isn't speaking, and he's trying to connect with him, her, and da- that dance scene, just them two, like in his house or apartment, is incredible. It's touching. Um, it's insane and it's like he you also feel like he knows the firefighter knows this isn't actually his son but he just needs that that much mm-hmm. and I love it and she talks about it a lot how much this film is talk, like dealing with gender stereotypes and f- like flipping them and you know, it's a lot about a, a man whose like biggest like destiny he feels is to be a father like no matter what it means even if it's a part of a car child um like that means everything to him to be a father and that this woman has like zero motherly instincts and and to put them in these like very feminine and masculine jobs to start off and to show that they're actually you know that we all have all of that in us but we've been forced to like be on one side or the other with how society's been for so long. The film has so much to say. Yeah, it's like insane. But it's also crazy how before um, she runs into the firefighters and basically uh, winds up knowing that she's pregnant, how like nonchalantly brutal she is, that she Mm -hmm. will kill anybody at the drop of a hat and just be violent towards them. You know, even just like, the chance encounter of like ripping the stud off of a nipple, you know, just like when the hair got stuck, they're like, there you go. Bye. And then just her weapon of choice of just, uh, I love just the fucking stick hair the hair needle. needle just in the, in the, the ear, just at the, the first kill when at, after the good. end of the, uh, of the end of the, um, the car show mm-hmm. with that fan, just like, well, that the took it too far. Just stick right in the thing. That was a brutal shot. They never shied away from the violence. Even the yeah. chair. The chair oh, kill. The chair is so fucking awesome. Yeah. I rewatched it the other night just to <laughs> refresh for this. That chair kill and then she, is crazy. She does it. Then she just sits on the chair and is mm-hmm. like. Taking a second. Contemplating. I need, a, I need to take a break. But I, 
I do like how they, it's not like overt, but you know, they show the opening of the films like her childhood. So you can see like how she got this scar and kind of what her childhood was like, like very neglect, totally neglected. Like couldn't even get her father's attention in that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an extreme example, but it's like that shows like what that kind of neglect does to to a person. Um, but yeah, I love how like it's not emotional at all. Like she's not even like angry. Like when she kills people, it's and then when in the house and she's like, "How many more are there?" When she's of like, you? "Fuck." Like, how many more people do I have to kill just to fucking get out of this house? <laughs> and I remember seeing it for the first time. That made me giggle. People were, I could tell people were uncomfortable because half the people were laughing at it because of the absurdity and just like, oh my God. And then there were the people that were uncomfortable with the brutality of the movie. Because yeah, and there's a lot of nudity in that scene. Too. There's, you're like, what? There's a, it, you're pretty sure you're breaking up like a... I don't know. A sex, it was a party. sex party, yeah. There, sure. did, did we see the pineapple? There up was front? pineapples. There was pineapples. Sure. Okay, I'm sure. But like, also then. In oh my god! Veers- I just realized my friend. Never mind. <laughs> I don't know if they know what that symbolizes, or well, if they well, are symbolizing it to me now. <laughs> oh no! Wow, we're we're a lot of things are happening, lot of things happening today. <laughs> Some revelations. <laughs> Well, Today. needless to say, yeah, people were. There's a lot of nudity in this film. There's a lot of nudity throughout, and then it, when there's, it turns into body horror, because there's a lot of body. That was I was unexpected body horror. You know, I was expecting a little bit because I because I'm familiar with Raw. You know, but one and we have to say how sexy French films are normally in general. Okay, <laughs> they're they, not afraid of nudity like no, we are. So no, we no. so fucking like puritanical with sex and nudity in films now. But in violence, the, we're good with. We're good with violence. But it's also like shocking. Like when she's beating herself up and she's tying herself down. Oh, that's so strapping upsetting. Her, and then the when she's... undoing. And then her whole like the whole abortion scene. Oh, my God. That's upsetting. You know that again. And this how movie, fucked up that they like have oil coming out. Coming of out. She's lactating gasoline grapes. and oil and shit. <laughs> this movie is both it's beautiful at times and, and grotesque. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> It is a gross fucking body or it's Cronenberg like it's Cronenberg turbo teen. It's it's just it's gross at times. <laughs> it is a very gross movie at times, it's, but it's also again, it's about family and finding love and, and you feel pathos. Well, here's the thing. I didn't feel a lot of pathos for her for a lot of it because like she's a killer. Mm-hmm. And I felt like she was also it's kind of fucked up that she's manipulating this firefighter emotionally like that saying, hey, I'm your son. When she clearly knows that he's not. But then when he went along for the ride, you know, I was just like, okay. Then it felt me. I got a little bit more sympathy towards Mm -hmm. both of them. But at the same time, I was like, man, that's kind of fucked up because, you know, he's sad and lonely and he's looking for somebody. And you're just like, yeah, I'm on the lamb. So I'm going to play. It almost felt like um, like something you would see on 2020 when you see that. You know, when they were like, oh, they are on the lamb type of thing. But then you're like when you're seeing it in this perspective and the way it is, you're like, I was along for the ride. And even though, yeah, motor oil is coming out and like, how can you not see that that is not your son? I still was like, oh, I believe in this. I, I can, I can go with this. And I felt emotion through it without even the kids. The fact I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And there's times, like I said, the abortion scene, I'm just like, what am I watching? This is crazy. But then I, I can't help but go along for it. This was a – it sent me on a journey. I got a lot of fucking notes on well, here. I'm just like, what the fuck? Well, I remember coming coming out the festivals. It was I heard a lot of comparisons to Cronenberg's Crash. And you can tell she is a fan of Cronenberg just in terms of the body horror. But also, his films are very heady. Not only will they make Not you squirm. emotional. No, no. They're very – a lot of them are very cold and clinical. Which I think, I don't know if that's because he's Canadian or, you know, I know when The Brood, he was going through a divorce at the time. But this one is, in both of these films, Raw and Teton, are all about family and definition of family. Talking about Cronenberg, I feel like, yeah, that's the difference is that it's so emotional. I connect to it. And that's what I love about film, and that's what makes it harder for me to connect to Cronenberg stuff or certain filmmakers that I really, I can see like it's beautiful and really cool but 
what I love about films is when I'm like emotionally connected to it and affected by it. Um, and that's what's so impressive to me that you can make something that's so strange and so absurd and have it be emotional. And I've talked about this a lot, especially with the stylist. Like I'm very attracted to telling stories about people that are very, you could just say like they're horrible and I hate them because of what they do. And, um, I've got some nerdy ass notes over here from an interview I listened to where she's talking about that. And she's like, she's talking about how she really wants to challenge our view on like human empathy and like what it means to be a human. And, um, you know, like she shows very monstrous characters, but she's even goes into like Frankenstein's story and she's like, you know, the monster says something about you. It says more about the person looking at it. And because monsters are made through humanity. Mm-hmm. And it's really... You guys all have they're, to re- look up all her fucking interviews because they're so incredible. Well, uh, It speaks to the power of genre. That for someone out there that could be, just be a really weird car, a movie where a girl has sex with a car... And the weird things happen on the surface of things. That's what they'll walk away from it. They'll never watch it again. But then there's the baggage we bring. Everyone has a different perspective, a different experience that's going to alter the way they see it. And a movie that is as crazy layered as this film is, it's you again, dissertations will be written about this movie. You know, someone's going to earn their PhD because of a film like this. Oh, yeah. Which is great because, again, I've got like oil lactation as part of my notes but at the same time then i've got like things about like the fragility of flesh and like the fact that the dad is still very much trying to exude i think you were mentioning captures youth masculinity and what have you rage and And, yeah and trying to do what he can to keep up with that and realize there's that moment when he's injecting he's doing the pull-ups and he falls and he just starts crying and that's a moment where it just again i'm getting up there in age at this point but that kind of stuff sticks with me. And then to see these imperfect people coming together and maybe having a little bit of um, retribution or, you know, um, uh, absolvement in some ways. Well, and then the fact that, like, you know, he going back to the, the roid rage at uh, the firefight captive, he exudes this power and demands to have everybody he rolls with uh, rules with an iron fist. And yet um, here comes someone who's claiming his son and everybody's like, that's not his son and talking shit behind his back. And, and then at the, um, at the, one of the dance scenes, when it, when um, everybody's like, yay, cheering him on until he started doing the dances like he used to. And they're like, well, wait a minute. Then the dad comes in. That was again, like, look, I don't care who you are. You're my son. And like, fuck everybody else. You know, again, the, it's a touching story more than, cause like, seriously, it was almost, uh, promoted as like, oh, it's the new movie where uh, it's about a girl fucks a car, you know? And it's like, there's a lot more to say than that. Yeah, that's totally not what it's about. Not at all. But we right. should say that that scene is sexy as hell and she walks out from the shower there's just like wide shot of oh, her no. butt naked and then she walks over to the car and you're like, Uh-oh. what the fuck is she gonna do? <laughs> and then she gets in the car. What's great is, because I, I watched it so now I have it like memorized. They don't, even go cut into the inside until like it, it bounces at least once and you're like what it's like, <laughs> doing like it's really happening <laughs> okay then they've mixed like a bondage scenario with her arms tied up with the seat belts it's incredible and i have to say i know this only because of the screening julia the director said the car is female wow <laughs> cool very so wait, well, I, I have to go even deeper on this crazy shit. Someone at the at the festival, they thought they were asking like probably a smart ass question. They asked how she cast the car, and her answer was insane, and I can only paraphrase it. But she was like, "We put the flames on it intentionally. The flames, flame and metal, is a huge theme, like thing throughout the whole film. Like she's metal, the firefighter." And then she connects that to like fucking Greek mythology. And she's like, uh, it's Gaia and Uranus and the birth of the Titans, which is the birth of humanity and how her 
and the car having sex is like the birth of humanity and like this like deep thematic stuff in there and it's so like this woman i'm telling you this is like the most intelligent woman in the world and see that's feel now i feel bad because during that scene when the car's bouncing up and down i'm thinking you know i'm like damn someone's flipping the switches up in there you know but she was like it did have to be a low rider obviously and then she was like we needed this we needed with her arm gone so i guess i wasn't wrong <laughs> but she just it just adds that level of class to it in many ways mm-hmm. because we okay a movie you recommended to me jill a few years ago through the chattanooga film festival that i saw was jumbo yes now <laughs> we are now officially talking and recording here we were um i thought this would play wonderfully as kind of a double feature with definitely Teton. And uh, did you ever get around to seeing that one by any chance, Genius? Is that the one about the woman who has an, uh, who diddles a tilt-a-whirl? It's more than that. <laughs> it's the same <laughs> thing if you're trying to explain Teton. <laughs> there, there is more to it, but yes, there is definitely that aspect to it. It's a different story, like art <laughs> narrative yeah. than Teton, but yeah. it ser- shares the similarity of a person and a div- mechanical device. <laughs> yeah, yeah, long living the new flesh. Oh, okay. Because they had those, like, you know... And it's very emotional and beautiful jumbo. Huh. It really is, considering the the fact that you they're, they're finding a, this, like, connection with something that is technically cold and emotionless. And human. Yes, but we anthropom- anthropomorphize it, and it works. And there, there was actually... I was kind of in, moved with the relationship in that one. Me too. <laughs> and it's actually the mom in that movie reminded me of... Whatever the country of origin, Caroline Williams. Like it was like a Switzerland's Caroline Williams. If you've seen it, you'll see it now. Um, but you mentioned before kind of the the trans allegory that this movie definitely, definitely is. It's not subtle at all. I mean, it's showing you kind of the trials and tribulations of someone that is going through that at this point. And I think that's another good aspect of a movie like this, especially in today's day and age we need more of that and i think that's question question though given i don't know if i feel comfortable saying that it's that or if it's more about just showing the the non-binary like being in the middle and not being having one or the other living with the stereotypes that belong to both sides i will say as a just a a white dude with a beard that's (laughs) definitely part of the problem i have no perspective of that but or even just trying to hide a pregnancy yeah but i I appreciate that it this is something that we find in a current genre film though that we can have these discussions and it's moving things forward ideally now granted i guarantee there are going to be some camps out there that are going to call that hogwash and that's wokeness or this or that but i just think it's awareness now and we're incorporating within a cool way within genre because like i said you can have conversations like this about this movie or you can just say no a girl fucks a car but it's so much more than that and we can go with with that so i'm just glad or you can clutch your pearls and walk out which i'm sure this well, movie had yeah well. but we can have these conversations now and hopefully these conversations can lead to more art like this or just betterment i got a nerd out about the beginning of what she said in this th- quote i have here because she's talking about <laughs> about all this, these constructs. She's like, humanity for me exists outside of representation and expectation that aren't linked to any social sc- construct. Gender is a social construct. And I feel like you know, that's a huge one she's dealing with here. And, and even like when every time you see the firefighter injecting himself with whatever it is, he's lit with like hot pink lighting. And it's just like constantly playing with these like rules we put we've like set in ourselves that we don't need and it's like we have no idea what it would be like if we weren't if this wasn't inflicted on us from the beginning well and then i should also say i grew up with firefighters and now granted i'm you know grew up with kansas firefighters so maybe they're so they not have rhymes I, at least that I was aware of. Maybe I wasn't invited to, or you know, my dad never I'm mentioned to me. I'm telling you, man. Between firefighters and vets, well, they are have they can party. Fucking French firefighters, French vets. Yeah. Well, that's I, again what I like with international horror is that idea of maybe some 
cultural differences that we're not aware of. And there are different kinds of parties too. Because first, they like the first party they had the like the the, the, the thrash and the oi, and then they had the more of the rave and fucking it was. I'd party with those firefighters. I'd party with the vets. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I think like you have to 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 be like a civil servant in France. You have to party. Well, assuming what they have to go through and deal with. Right. That's I think that's why they say like a lot of chefs and, you know, people in the culinary industry, they they do a lot of stuff because it's a high stress work environment. So you've got to, you know, get the catharsis out some way. Not no. I would go to their dance party for sure. Hell yeah. You all can tell me about the dance parties because I'll be (laughs) staying far, far away from it. Um, Okay, question. And maybe it's just me and the baggage I'm bringing. Did the lead guy uh, uh, look like a combination of Chris Maloney and Scott um, Bakula? I got the Chris Maloney vibes. Okay. I don't think I know those people by name. That's okay. That's okay. I it was just it's kind of stuck with me though, and I just kept looking. I'm like, uh, it's like a Cronenberg of the two of them. He was like Chris Maloney and the guy who played Sir Davos. I can see that as well. I can see that as well. Now. I'm not going to lie, by the time we get to the end, as crazy as things have been, as tender as things have been. I didn't know what to expect when the baby was coming out. I didn't either, and I'm not going to lie. What we get, I think, is wonderful. It's very affecting. But With the metal spine? It was cool. I mean, it legit looked cool, but I, I there's this bad, weird... Lowest common lowest common denominator portion of me that wanted just like you because I know you wanted it. Yeah, as well. I wanted it too. I wanted the baby to come out like like with like tires for hands and kind of like turbo team, like a half human, no, half car thing. I know. See, is the, again, we're he part of the problem. Spine. It's it's very it's it's perfect. It's perfect. But again. The, the, if but I, you know, I thought it would like you know, because some kids take after more take after the moms, <laughs> some kids take more after the dads, some kids take more a little bit of half and half. I personally would have liked to see like the the, the the more car, more car, more car, you more know? car baby, more car baby, like 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 seriously, like turbo teen mid transformation. You know they didn't do that because they didn't want it to be funny. I know, I know, and again. I loved what I got. I loved it what I got. It necessarily would have been funny, but yes, it just it would have been. I mean, seriously, if she's impregnated by a car, you'd think you'd have a little like, you know, maybe the eyes or headlights or. But or, I can like imagine their conversations are like they want this moment to be like touching. And they're like, if we do that, people are going to laugh. Thank, thank God there wasn't that one producer <laughs> like us. that was like, no, I need a car. Needs to come out, out like Tetsuo the Iron Man, you no, know, no, just no, something no. like that. Like. I don't know, I mean, but I mean, but I, I, I don't think they it went. was touching. I mean, don't get me wrong, because I was like, oh, but then I was like, oh, you know. So there's two kinds of oh. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, real quick question: uh, Did the dad kill Ray, that one firefighter, by leading him into the the thing so he could like die in the explosion? Oh yeah. Was that was that a purposeful oh, yeah. thing? Hey, like here, hold this. Mm-hmm. Huh? He's a firefighter. He should know not better hold the propane tank. <laughs> Bro, damn it, Bobby. That's not how you handle form. propane and propane accessories. He's <laughs> sitting there here, hold this. I'll be right back. Huh? Boom. Oh, yeah. He knew. He totally knew. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Again, <laughs> I, these are little things that I'm going through my notes going, okay, I want to make sure I'm, you know, I didn't read too much into that one. A little bit of backdraft in it, too, you know? Which I like. I appreciate mm-hmm, that. Uh, the Macarena CPR thing I thought was a really nice little moment of levity. <laughs> I heard that's true. I heard that like that's an actual technique that they teach you to like keep time nice. into mm. there. Macarena, <laughs> and then blow. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's an iconic song. And it's well, at, cultural moment and, in history. And the music utilized in this film, just, uh, the cinematography didn't. She, I believe she used the same cinematographer uh, from Raw. If I if research, I, I think that is correct. But it's, I mean, it's stunning, and that's the one thing you talked about the visuals, um, just the way they bathe them in light, depending on certain actions, and that's what I also really dug with the movie is just it's sumptuous and. That's probably the reason why we keep we're drawn into it as well. It's just that's it's a good combination, actually. I I, I don't know. I this was only this was my 
third time watching this movie, so it just it hit me in a good way, in a really good way. I like the fact that she realized when she saved a life instead of taking lives. You know, there was just this like, oh wow, I I, I, I actually saved a life when she realized when she did the CPR and she survived that old lady like that just look in in, in her his face was just like, oh. I did this, you know. I, I thought that was in she went they she went on a really big journey throughout this movie. <laughs> well, and even giving life, giving birth to life—that's that next moment. It's just that natural stage. It's it's interesting that, that, that how this whole journey went about. I, again, I just it's movie just has stayed with me in so many ways, which I understand. Then, kind of the the champion of a movie <laughs> like this, but knowing your audience though, and that's just it. I'd like to think anyone that listens to this show this far in probably would know if you are a fan of body horror. Because how would how would you qualify? Where would this show up in like your video store? Is this going to be in horror? Are you going to get specific with this? Are you going to have the subgenres? Would you say body horror? Would you say car exploitation? You know, where would this be? It transcends genre, which is why it's so good. Ooh, it, you it's have like that. not a horror movie. I don't know what the hell you would call it. Do you just have that I mean, area? It's just like a really dark drama with crazy shit going on. It has like a little bit of everything in it. Is that kind it's of like maybe? Calling it a horror movie is like doing it an injustice. No offense to horror movies, but it's like. Do you think just the conversations we've been having, talking about being fluid, non-binary, not having a defined thing, mm-hmm. that's the purpose of a movie like this? In the old blockbuster days, it would be labeled foreign. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, where would they put it if it actually was? You know, yeah, it would just be in the foreign section. It'd be in foreign because, like, foreign would be also like, okay, this movie's from France and it's a little bit of everything. It's there. This movie's from South now, Korea. That, it's a little bit of everything. It's there. Does that mean you're getting the blue hairs renting it? Maybe. Oh boy. Maybe. Oh boy. You totally get the oh. Because I feel it like won the is- Palme d'Or. That means it's fancy. The, from the studio that brought you Remains of the Day or something. And then like, next thing you know, they're like, holy shit. Again, I hope it really we've got some stumble upons and people stick with it. You know, yeah. I feel like it's more like science fiction than it is if you had to put it somewhere. But I'm trying to think like if it was actually in a movie store. It more makes me think of a movie like Requiem for a Dream. It's like a really fucked up drama. It's mm-hmm. not. There's not really anything horror about it. Like the killing is more like shot like a like a thriller. It's so I don't know what about it's really a horror movie. You know what I mean? I don't know the gore, the scenes Just at the gore beginning. Makes it a horror I mean, movie? The, all the kills at the beginning, the, the her rampage. That's pretty horrific. I mean, that was. But and but the, it's not presented like a horror movie. It's like a thriller. Like there's tons of thrillers about serial killers, and you see their kills. Or like yeah. Quentin Tarantino makes only like really dramas, and they all are super gory. So again, that's why these conversations, this is why she's, (laughs) I hope every movie she makes, we still can't kind of classify what it really is because of everything that she's putting in there, almost like a cool little Mm mixtape, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely balanced because this movie works and I don't know, but, but I I mean, raw, you can say it's a cannibal film, but it's also more than that. Coming of age. Yeah. Yeah. Story about sisters. Yeah. It's it's so good. Yeah. So final thoughts on Teton. I want to make sure we've covered all everything that you've got there on your side on both sides here. <laughs> I, I what just, will I say? I was I <laughs> I wrote down. I So apparently if they deliver a, if she's going to deliver a, a car, would it be a delivery van? No. Off with his head. Yeah. Make a royal decree. <laughs> Off with his head. <laughs> See, that's the bad thing. We're talking about how serious it is, and you know, that that's that's the worst part about me is like the more serious the movie, I absorb the seriousness and I get the themes, but also in the back of my mind, like, hey, there's a joke right here. It. There's a joke right there. There's a little joke right there, and it's not necessarily making fun. It's playing along, like delivery van. It's not. You're gonna make a great dad someday, my friend. Right, I and promise. So, like when she was like when she was like see when she's like oh I thought when she was gonna bang the fire truck I was expecting the other car <laughs> to come up and be like 
honk, 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 right all pissed off, you know? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> jealous fucking car. Jealous car. You, you just see him bouncing up and down in anger, and the fire truck's like, bah! you know, just like, just all mad and shit. I'm kind of disappointed I didn't watch it with you like at this a point. Like, derby, you know? so oh, like, my God. So that, that that's the kind of stuff. It's not necessarily making fun. It's just kind of like just enhancing. That's how my brain works. As long as it didn't take you out of the film. That's the biggest it thing. Actually, like I said, I enjoyed it. That's good. <laughs> well, I know at this point I am definitely going to be seeking out anything that she puts out. I'm looking forward. In fact, do we know at this point what her next possible project is? Have we heard anything? I have not. I know. I'm a little, I'm fingers crossed at this point. Also, as well as on your side, you know, obviously always will be continuing to follow your work because like any good artist, you are taking your influences and then incorporating them into your own way, which I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about that here pretty quickly. So um, where can our listeners find you out on social media? Jill, I forgot to do that. Plug and promote away. Let us know where they can find you. At Jill six on all the places. And you should also follow at the stylist film. Continuing the adventures there. So sincerely. Wait, and at oh. Black Mold Film. How oh, can yeah. I forget? Oh, yeah. Love us some I'm John looking Patton. forward to that. So thank you sincerely thank you. for allowing us mm-hmm. to continue everything in there. Now, um, I have to say one last thing. Yeah. I'm just so excited to see a movie like Teton that's such a fucked up, beautiful film that's like ultimately about love. Like that's just amazing. <laughs> it's about family. Oh, they, uh, you should really watch Fast and Furious, all of them in a row, and Titan Teton together. We <laughs> have found Jumbo. the connection. There it all it makes sense now. That it's all works. about family. <laughs> so next week, I know we are going to be <laughs> keeping it in the family and talking uh, the Panic Fest preview. Looking the forward. Saw his family. Saw. Mm-hmm. Gotta drop it there. That's. I was and we'll the, I, see you in your dreams. <laughs>